0: Yeah, I'll just use this mic that way when I pass out on the floor up here, you won't hear me hit. So after hearing Justin sing that song, I was sitting there and I thought, George, what you've got to say just seems like it's going to be so small compared to what those words said I must tell Jesus but I think and the Lord told me he said well you've thought about what you're going to say and I approved of it and it's going to go along with it even though I don't think it will you uh, forgive me I can see you good but I can't see this if I put these on I can see this but I can't see you so if I get my nose down here on my notes, you uh you forgive me. It's nice to have a Bible that you can put in your pocket and get twenty seven hundred different translations and everything else on it, except when you need it and then it takes a half hour for it to get started. Anyway, last week I spoke, so you ought to know that it was going to be my turn pretty quick. I didn't know it was going to be this week because Tony said, well, we're going to wrap up our devotional services and get back to regular Wednesday night services. Uh, last afternoon, last evening, and he called me and he says, Ah, since I've had it last week, you've got something going on. I said, I've been busy and I haven't had time to get something for a devotion. And I said, Well, yeah, I've been rolling around for a long time. Iva wrote hers last week when he asked, Tuesday night. I wrote mine Wednesday while she was gone. I didn't know, and she does not know, that what we wrote are compatible. I could have got up last week right behind her and, and took right off where she left off. So as a little refresher course, how many remember what Iva said last week? Pardon Yeah, Habakkuk, Habakkuk, one of those guys, yeah. She said something that I think all of us have said. You might remember what she said? She said, Lord, do you remember who I am? I'm Iva Bailey. I live at, what is it, 8121, across the street, Riggs Road, crossing the church, Lord my phone number such and such and such do you remember who i am well that's basically about what i want to talk about a little bit if what i'm going to talk about is silence not hearing after brother Sherm led the singing, and Justin had that nice song. And Brother Tony introduced me, and you sang, and you gave your tithes and offerings. What would you say? What would you think if I just got up here and did absolutely nothing? Said nothing. Just complete silence. Just stood here. You'd probably start thinking after a little while, say, What's wrong with him? Aren't you going to say anything? I can't hear him. Did he say something? And after a little while, you're saying, Come on, George, we sang our songs. We're setting a tentative in the pew. We gave her tithes and her offerings. We got things to do, places to go. Will you say what you're going to say so we can get on with what we want to do? Nope. I'm just going to stand here. Well, Brother Bailey, how long are you going to stand there? 400 years. (laughs) Yeah, 400 years. That's what I want to talk a little bit about. 400 years of silence. When I did the Christmas play, I was writing it, it was easy to get a sketch and an outline from Genesis in the Old Testament through the last prophet Malachi. It's all there. It's all laid out, the timelines, who, what, when, where. And it was easy to pick it all up, and that's what we projected. The story of Christ's birth is all laid out in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's all right there. That was easy. But someplace, and, I, and in my mind, I think it was nighttime, because I spend a lot of time, like a lot of other old people, can't sleep. So you get up, you sit in your rocking chair, and you look out the window and in complete darkness. Maybe you get a cup of coffee, and you just sit there, and you think. And you think about scriptures, and you think about God, and you think about you, and you think about a lot of stuff. And my mind went to, what in the world would people do? And I tried to get in my mind. What would pe- what did they do, the, the Israelites, in 400 years that they never heard a word from God? What would you do? What would be your reaction when I stood here? And said, "I'm not going to say anything for 400 years. I lived that long, and your great, 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 twenty generations down the road was setting where you're setting." And I finally said something to them. What would they think? What would go through their minds? Well, in that 400 years, just to give you a brief idea of what happened. God doesn't speak, man does. So, in 400 years, they wrote books. They wrote a lot of books. They wrote what they called the Apocrypha, if I pronounced that right. And those books contained a lot of things that weren't God inspired. They wrote about, well, the book of Judith, the book of Esther, the Maccabees wrote about the history. There was a lot of books written and a lot of scriptures put in the scriptures that God had set up and gave them from the old prophecy uh, for a thousand years from David, Psalms, right on through. They added things to that. And when they added to that, It made a lot of confusion. Out of that came the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They couldn't get along. Out of that came a millennial teaching, a rapture teaching. All kinds of non, or just God didn't put it in there. They did. Besides, on top of that, in that 400 years, there was Babylon, the Assyrians, the Greeks, the Romans, all with their books and their laws and their religions, all put on the people of God. In my mind, I could see a complete confusion, a complete chaos, noise, if you please, just noise, this and that, and noise in their heads and the teachings and the prophecies, and the regulations and the laws that they put on them. We read about them in the New Testament that you couldn't go to the temple of this. You couldn't do that. You couldn't go here. You couldn't carry this. Couldn't get your mule out of the ditch. You can't eat wheat on Sunday. Just all kinds of stuff. And I thought, well, yeah, but then again, what's that got to do with what I'm thinking about, this 400 years of things? And God made it pretty simple to me. He said, well, what happened at the end of the 400 years? I said, well, it's pretty simple. I said, you go to the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they'll tell you all about Jesus being born. He says, yes, but there was something happened just before that. And I never caught it until I thought about it. Why was it that happened? Before Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John wrote all about Jesus, the birth, everything that happened, the angels, the the star in the sky, the shepherds. Well, there was a man named Zechariah and his wife, Elizabeth, and the scripture said that they were righteous before God, and he worked in the temple, he was a priest. His job was to do the incense thing as we portrayed here. And we know that the incense thing is the prayers and the prayers of the saints and the altars of the incense. In Luke, the, fifth, the first uh, chapter, as we read it and you go down to it, and it tells about Zachariah and Elizabeth and all their things, and how he carried out the thing, his, uh, his duties in the temple. And we get down to where Zacharias is in a place of silence. And all this noise for the last 400 years, all these laws, all these regulations, all these languages, and all these bondages, and the wars, and, and the separation and the divisions. He knew that. He'd been taught that. But in his place of silence, he looked up, and while they all, said a, a horde of people, just hundreds of people were outside praying, making all kind of noise. He was inside, separated. And he looked up, and there stood a man And it sort of set him back. There's nobody supposed to be in there except him. The man spoke to him. That made it a little worse. Because he said, oh, nobody's supposed to talk in here. Who are you? And the man said, I'm Gabriel. He said, I stand before God. And God has sent me to tell you something. In my mind, I had seen Zechariah thinking about what the last prophet said. Malachi said, in that day, I will send complete destruction. I will make you dust. I will destroy your buildings, your temple, and scatter you. I'm sure that man was scared to death because this is the end. This is what the scriptures was talking about. I don't know why he's telling me this. Am I supposed to go out and spread this like Jonah did to Nineveh? Am I supposed to be the one that spreads the news to all the world that it's the end, this is it, this is all it is to it? But in all that confusion, when that angel stood there before him and all he said was, in the silence, all so he said. Well, who are you? Why are you here? Are you come. God sent me. Why? Well, he heard you and Elizabeth praying. What? And you and Elizabeth are going to have a son. I sort of, I sort of thought, now, what a way to introduce what the New, New Testament, the, the coming of the Messiah, the, 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 the plan of salvation was to tell an old man and an old woman because they prayed he's going to have a baby boy. He didn't go in to tell him who, what John was going to do or who he was going to be. He just said, you're going to have a baby boy. At that, of course, Zechariah was ecstatic, Didn't know what to do. Well, I'm happy, up and down. And then he told him what was going to happen. I would have been the same as Zachariah. I would have said, what? I don't believe you? Uh, No, this is not going to happen. I am old. Elizabeth's old. And the angel said, well, believe this. You're not going to say anything. Silence once again. In my mind, I could see this old man when he came out and everybody was was outside and praying for him said, what happened in there? We were worried about you because we know and we understand if in a certain time that priest wasn't back out, they had a rope around his leg and they drug him out because they thought for sure he'd done something wrong and God struck him dead. But he come walking out. But he couldn't tell him what the angel said, couldn't tell him what Gabriel said. Well, what'd they say? <laughs> huh? That's all it says about it. He couldn't tell him. I suppose he had to you know make all these motions. The next thing he had to do, after he served his purpose there at the temple, he had to go home and tell his wife. Mm-hmm. mm mm Mm-hmm. 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 Says what? In my mind, the coming of the Messiah was this old man and this old woman trying to figure out what, you know, Zachariah was trying to say. So, if, you know, he said he got pencil and paper and told all the rest of them when he was born. His name is John but he didn't tell him anything else about it. He just said his name's John, and he began to speak again. But what astonished me the most was Zachariah was in a place that was silent and quiet. 400 years, and the first man that God spoke to was somebody that prayed. And I thought, well, that's pretty simple. If we want to get God's attention, instead of all this noise and all this going on, all we've got to do is be quiet, take her petition to God, and wait. A little while later, he went to Mary. Gabriel went to Mary. He didn't tell her that she was going to have a son right off. He says, Hail Mary, thou favorite of God. A whole different scenario. Now, that's the way to announce the Savior coming. Not to announce the forerunner of Christ as, Hey, old man, you're going to have a baby. I thought, well, what's that got to do with me? How do I fit in Zachariah and all this other stuff? Well, he says, you live in a world that's full of noise and confusion. Do you remember the one Sunday afternoon about, I don't know, 40-some years ago, I, about this time, her and I were sitting at a pew, God's acres, a lot of people, a lot of noise, a lot of going on. And in my heart and soul, George, George, come to me. That's all, too. A little while later, I understood. And we got saved. Right in the noise, right in the midst of political uprising. And today we've got Russia and China and North Korea and A bombs and missiles and threats and the L B G T and whatever and the, you know, human rights and gun control and the border and crime and death and everything around us, and it's noise, it's world noise, it's man-made world noise. But right in the midst of all, do you hear, Sherm, Evelyn, Tony? Can you hear it? Or Are we in a quiet place where we hear, Justin? Do we hear it? Can we hear our name? Right in the midst of all this noise, Zachariah was in a place just like this. Zachariah was doing what the Lord and all his family had done. To imagine 400 years, I looked it up. That's 20 generations. My family, Bailey family, on September 15, 1620, 1620, he died in Virginia. Now, that's a long time ago. And think, and and it was, he came from England, and I am taken for granted that he fled under the the Great Migration to get away from the Church of England to come here. Another, Bailey, 1635, landed at Plymouth, Massachusetts. We've been here a long time. There's a lot of stuff that's happened. I don't know what, what they what what they did. I really don't know their true religion. I'm I'm thinking that they were Huguenots. They might have been Puritans, probably Puritans. But here I stand, 400 years later, I heard the same voice they heard. Guy's name was Thomas, Thomas Bailey. What? Get on a boat and go to the American? Why? Four hundred years. One of your great, 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 great grandsons is going to stand before a few people in a congregation in Newark, Ohio, and tell them that God loves them. Tell them that God answers prayer the same as He answered Zachariah and Elizabeth. They they were no different than you folks. You got kids. You got family. We all know somebody. What's the only word that he used to 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 describe the the, the influence of a whole new concept and religion? Oh, uh, well, me and old Elizabeth, we prayed. And we know what changed the whole world. I don't, I think, I don't believe they lived very long. I don't think they lived long enough to know what that man did. I don't think they lived long enough to see him in the wilderness, dressed in camel hairs and hair and bushy and whatever he did, and to stand in front of the most elite people in the world, and as Brother Tony brought out the other morning, you snakes, you you Pharisees, don't you know you're out of the will of God? I don't know whether any of us will ever live long enough to see some of these kids over here become what, you know, maybe maybe John did, preachers. I was mother Prayed for her family for seventy years. She never seen them all saved. But there's one thing that Elizabeth and and Zachariah and her mother and you can you can name names and we can be here all night that they definitely definitely know for absolute certainty God answers prayer even through the confusion. Even through the darkness, he's there, whether we know it or not. And when Ivan says, "Lord, do you know I'm here? It's me." And we've all said that. We've all been there. We just God, where are you? These people are sick, and are they ever going to get well? We prayed for Sister Sarah for what almost two years. How many others? We prayed for Sister Donna. We don't know what God's plan is for tomorrow, but we know one thing for sure. God answers prayer because, well, the Bible says it did over and over and over. He delivered Moses, the Israelites, Daniel, David, the three you you, you pick out a name and put it in the Bible, and God dealt with them. You pick out a name sitting here in this congregation, and I'll absolutely say, God dealt with you and was honest and was true to your soul when he mentioned still small voice in a place where it's quiet changes the world. To wrap it all up to end what I'm going to say, never give up. Pray. Never let go of that incense that Zachariah had. Never walk away from that altar of Incense until you're completely satisfied with your prayers that you can know through all the confusion God heard me we've got a long way to go God lets us live for another few years we, you know, I, I don't know what tomorrow brings but I'll ask you to do this When you get down before God, George. Mention my name. Iva. Mention her name. As we look through the pews, and a lot of them, you know, are empty tonight, but Sunday they were pretty filled. If you know to somebody that's sat in these pews and those pews and these pews, we should not have leave here tonight until we go to, before God and say, I can't remember all their names. Johnny, Johnny White. The woman that was prayed for cancer. Simzacs. It's, it's all it takes. Mention a name. Spend some time. We rush and we go fast. We want to go home. I'm tired. Shut up, George. Sit down. Okay. But before I go, I want to mention your name, Church of God, children, beloved. That's all.